You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Listen, I'm so glad to have you with us today. We are going to have an amazing time uh, today learning about leadership. I'm in my leadership edition, and I want to inspire you and equip you to operate and perform on a high level as a leader. Maybe you have aspirations of becoming a leader, or maybe you're in a new leadership role, or maybe you're an experienced leader. Listen, I want to help you. I believe that I can help you regardless to your arena of leadership, whether it's be in the home, whether it be at school, whether it be at work. Maybe you're a business person. Maybe you're a minister. Maybe you're a community leader. Maybe you're in the military or medicine, education. Listen, these principles of leadership apply to any area. Now, I believe that I am called to help you to lead on a high level. I also believe that I'm anointed to bless you. I'm anointed to inspire you. I'm anointed to help you. And then I pastored for 42 years and eight months. So I have the experience of what leadership is all about. And we're going to drop some wisdom dimes into your life today. And it's going to be amazing. I began a series on uh, my Tuesday podcast entitled The Essence of Leadership. The Essence, those traits, uh, the character traits of leadership. Now I have another podcast on on Thursdays, and I'm talking about leading yourself. But on this podcast, we're finding out my subtopic, what is leadership? What is it? Now, I'm going through different definitions. I've already covered uh, two definitions. This is our third lesson on what is leadership, because this lesson today is so powerful, so impactful, so full, I don't have time to go back and uh, recap the two of the definitions. But I do want to go back to some introductory statements because repetition is a key to learning. So let's go back to our introductory statements. I've said these six things, the last two, last three lessons. Number one, it is possible to have a title and not know who you are. Second introductory statement, it is possible to have a role and responsibility and not know what you're doing. I've been there and I've done that. Many people, number three, many people in leadership positions are not leaders. They are managers. Number four, it is possible to be a good manager and a poor leader. Number five is a question. What is the difference between leading and managing? And then number six, we have confused leaders 
with outstanding performers. Sometimes people are great performers, and we say that they're the leader in their field. Well, I'm not sure that's the right designation. We have put great performers in leadership positions, and they have fallen on their faces. Now, we need a paradigm shift. Yes, we do. And that's my assignment. I have been assigned to help you to think through this leadership thing. So third definition, you ready? You you ready? I want you to tag a friend, let them know that we're live right now. They can go to YouTube, Facebook, or Mike Moore Ministers. I'm going to share with you what leadership is. Number three, and that's all we're going to talk about today. Number three, leadership is the ability to transform the potential of followers into reality. I'll say that again. Leadership is the ability to transform the potential of followers into reality. Now say that after me. Say that after me. Leadership is the ability to transform the potential of followers into reality. And that reality for the leader is that this follower becomes a leader. That's the reality. That's the goal. Transforming the potential of followers into reality. And that reality is that these followers become leaders. Transforming their potential, their unused, their untapped talents and strengths and ability. Transform their unrecognized giftings, their unrecognized callings, transform the seeds of greatness in individuals that have not recognized that those seeds are on the inside of them and they've not developed those seeds of greatness. That is your responsibility as a leader. Now, these lessons on leadership are based off Biblical principles. You see, the word of God is the answer. But it's not just the answer for just our everyday life. The word of God is the answer for leadership. Now, I want to go to a text in Acts 16, verse 1 through 3. And today, and I'm so excited about sharing with you today. Today, we're going to see how the great apostle Paul transformed the potential of Timothy into reality. We're going to see how the great apostle Paul transformed Timothy, his potential into, as a follower, into leadership. Acts chapter 16, verse 1 through 3, it says, Then he, referring to the apostle Paul, came to Derby and Lystra. And behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy. 
Come on, say Timothy. Now watch this. Timothy was the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was a Greek. Timothy was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted to have him, Timothy, to go on with him. And the scripture says he took him. Now listen at that. He took him. So when we look at our text, Acts chapter 16, verse 1 through 3, and we add to that text, 2 Timothy 1, verse 5, we see something about Timothy's spiritual background. The Bible says that Timothy's mother was named Eunice. His grandmother was named Lois. But it says that his father was a Greek. In other words, his father was not a believer. His father was not saved. But he had strong influence, strong influence from his grandmother and from his mother. Now, we're talking about the development of Timothy. And here's an introductory statement. I want you to think about this statement. The distinctive mark of all true leaders is they develop others to become leaders. The distinctive mark of all true leaders is they develop others to become leaders. Now, are you a manager or are you a leader? Leaders produce leaders. Managers produce managers. In lesson two, we saw in out of scripture how God transformed Gideon and developed Gideon into a leader. And that's what great leaders do. And I believe you are a leader. I believe that there are people, maybe you have a formal leadership position. Maybe there are people under you. Or maybe there are others who look up to you. You don't have a formal leadership place in their lives, but you can develop them to become leaders. Now, tradition has it say tradition. Tradition has it that Paul met Timothy when he was a teenager. He was just a teenager. But the scripture says that he was well spoken of, of the brethren in Lystra and Iconium. Come on, say a teenager. You see, leaders, leaders, cause the potential of followers to develop into reality. And leaders see diamonds before they sparkle. So here Paul comes into this area and he sees Timothy, a young teenager. The scripture says he was well spoken of by the brethren, but he's a teenager. Tradition has it that later on in Timothy's life, 
under the leadership, not under the management, but under the leadership of the Apostle Paul, Timothy became a pastor of a church of over 20,000 people. So we have here a teenager and a leader comes on the scene and he recognizes a diamond before it sparkles. And this diamond that had no sparkle later became a leader, a pastor of a church of over 20,000 people. And we want to learn how did the Apostle Paul develop this follower? So we see that, number one, the mark of distinctive mark of all true leaders is they develop others to become leaders, not managers, leaders. Now follow me. Here's a second introductory statement. Leadership development is a process. Come on, say that. Leadership development is a process. Come on, say it again. Leadership development is a process. Say it one more time. Leadership development is a process. It requires time. It requires time. But you have time. You say, but I don't have the time to spend time with people like that. No, you have the time. You don't have a time problem. You have a priority problem. Now, so time. And I want to, I believe the Spirit of God has shown me some things in Scripture about leadership and about this process. I'm going to give you a quick overview. This is a leadership journey, and I want to thank you for taking this journey with me. We're not going to be able to cover everything, but I'm going to give you an overview, and then we'll come back later in the journey, and we'll dive deeply into some of these areas. But I believe that there are six sides to the process of developing followers, six sides. The first side is what I'm calling the selection side, the selection side. Now, Acts 16, two through three says, and he, Timothy, was well spoken of by the brethren in Lystra and Iconium. It says that Paul talking about selection, Paul wanted to have him go on with him. And Paul took him. He selected him. Selection. There's a selection side. Whether you have a formal leadership position in the lives of individuals, maybe on your job, maybe at work, in ministry, in business, or maybe it's an informal relationship that you have, but there's a selection side. And I believe that there are two aspects to the selection side. The first aspect or perspective is the leadership's perspective. I believe that to develop people, leaders have to believe in people. I believe, I believe that you as a leader I'm talking about the selection side. 
You have to believe in the potential of people. If you say, oh, I don't think they could ever be a leader, then you don't believe in them. You don't believe in them. And you're certainly not acting like God because God believes that all men have leadership potential. When I use men in a generic sense, man, woman, boy, girl, I believe that God believes in mankind. In, in Genesis 1:26, the Bible says he created man and woman in his own image and he gave them dominion. That's leadership. So God believes in others. He believes in man being a leader. When he speaks to the believer, when he speaks to the church in the New Testament, Matthew 5, he said, you're the salt of the earth. Salt influences everything that it contacts. It influences, it has an influence on the food that it contacts. You're the light of the world. That's leadership. You're like a city set on the hill. You see, God believes in the potential of individuals. So that's a perspective that you'd have to have in selecting people to develop. You have to believe in the potential of people that they can become great leaders. Now, there's another side, just like there's a leadership's uh, perspective. There's also what I'm calling the, I'm talking about selection now. There's also, there's the perspective of the follower. I believe that followers, I believe that you can't develop everybody. I think everyone has potential, but I think followers must have what I call development material. Say that development material. Now, I'll use an analogy. If you're going to pave a parking lot, I think if you're going to pave your driveway or whatever, I think it's better to use asphalt than it is to use mud, dried mud. Why? Because there's an ingredient in the asphalt. I think it's even better, from my research, it's better to use asphalt than concrete. Asphalt has an, an ingredient in it that causes it to not need curing time. It's smoother. It's more durable than concrete. In other words, there's an ingredient in the asphalt that's not in the concrete or the mud. Well, some individuals, they have the potential, the God-given potential, but they lack the ingredients necessary for you to develop them, even if they want to be developed. Now, there are two things that God spoke to me about when I was a pastor. God, sp I keep a journal that goes all the way back to the 80s. And here's what the Lord said to me in August the 15th, 2002. He spoke the word attitude, attitude. In August 30th, 15 days later, 2002, he spoke the word, the ability to submit. I think that that's an ingredient that the follower has to have. I believe as leaders, we can have all the confidence in individuals, but they must possess the right attitude and they must possess the ability to submit. 
by attitude, I mean the follower must be willing to serve, willing to learn, willing to serve. They must think of others. They must be willing to improve. They must be willing to make sacrifices. Attitude. Some people don't have the right attitude for you to develop them. Then the ability to submit. The ability to submit. The ability to submit is a hard issue. H-E-A-R-T. It's not an age issue. For example, in the book of Luke, the Bible says that the parents of Jesus had gone to Jerusalem at the Feast of Passover. When it was concluded, they left thinking Jesus was with them. And then the scripture says they discovered that Jesus wasn't in their family. So they went back to Jerusalem to find their son. Three days later, they found him in the temple. And the scripture says they found him in the temple. Now notice both in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And it says they were amazed at his understanding and answers. Now, notice he wasn't teaching them. The Bible says he was in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And they were amazed at his understanding and answers. In other words, they were asking him questions. He wasn't just teaching them. No, Jesus had the right attitude. He wanted to learn. He wanted to serve, but he had the ability to submit. And it's not an age thing. It is a heart thing. I've had men of God, pastors who were much older than I was, probably had more experience, but they were willing to submit to me as an authority. You can't develop anyone who has an attitude that I know as much as you do, and you cannot develop people that are not willing to submit to your wisdom. So selection. That's the first side of the process of development, selection. You as a leader must have confidence in their potential to be leaders, but they must also have the right attitude and the ability to submit to you. The second side of the development process is the teaching side. The apostle Paul taught Timothy. He taught Timothy. Not only did he select him, he taught Timothy. Second Timothy 3.10, verse 14, Paul said in his writing to Timothy, he said, but you have carefully followed my doctrine. Watch this. Continue in the things you have learned. So the apostle Paul would teach him principles. There's a teaching side. There's a teaching side to developing followers. Then thirdly, there's the observation side, the observation side. In our first lesson, I said that leadership, lesson one, I said that leadership is the art of inspiring people, the art of inspiring people. And we said that an art is a skill. 
is a skill that you acquire through experience, study, and observation. We talked about the study side. If, if followers are going to develop, then they have to study leadership principles. They have to be a student, okay? But there's this skill of leading also is acquired through observation. There's an observation side. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 10 through 11, Paul writing to Timothy, the person he's developing, he says, follow me, but you have carefully followed my doctrine. That's the teaching side. You've carefully followed my manner of life. Observation, my purpose. Observation, you followed my faith. You've observed me. You followed my long suffering. You followed my love. You followed my perseverance. You follow how I handle uh, persecution. You follow my afflictions. Now, notice how did Timothy follow Paul's manner of life? Observation. How did he follow his? How did he know his? faith in him, how long-suffering he was with people. How did he know how per persevering he was? How, how did he know how Timothy, uh, how Paul handled persecution? Observation. There's an observation side of developing people. You allow people to get close enough to you to observe you as a leader. Now, listen at this. It is out of observation that followers absorb values, priorities, and the purpose of the leader. If I'm close enough to a leader, and you have to let people be close enough to see you lead, then they will absorb your values. They will absorb your, your priorities. They will absorb your purpose, observation. Now listen at this. Observation through the power of proximity and through the power of the example. You have to understand as a leader and John Maxwell says it like this, leadership is more caught than taught. My dad, the man who raised me, wasn't my birth dad, but my dad, the man who raised me as a child, I think was the greatest man to ever live. He was the leader of our home. But I don't remember him ever sitting me down and going through a list and teaching me how to do this and how to do that. It was through my observation. I saw how he handled himself. I saw his work ethic. I saw the priority he placed on family. I saw how he brought the money that he worked and my mother was a homemaker and how she had the same rights as him to handle and manage that, that money. It was through observation. My dad wasn't a cursor. He may curse a little bit uh, in a joke, 
but he wasn't a curse. He wasn't a drinker. He may drink a little Morgan Davis wine on Christmas. And guess what? He wasn't a smoker. I wasn't a smoker. He wasn't a drinker. I wasn't a drinker. He wasn't a cursor. I wasn't a cursor. Why? Because of observation. You are developing people through how you, the law of proximity, which has to do people being close enough to you, and then the power of example. So listen, there is the selection side, there is the teaching side, there's the observation side. Now this side now that I'm getting ready to talk about is really the key to determining whether or not you're going to be a good manager or leader. Now watch this. Follow me. This is going to be some dimes here. Dimes of wisdom. I'm going to drop revelation on you. There's the doing side to developing others. The doing side. The doing side. Leaders. This doing side involves the principle of practice. Any skill that you acquire, whether it be a pianist or whether it be a singer or whether it be an athlete, any area that you want to develop skill, you must practice. You cannot practice failure and get success. That's why when you talk to uh, coaches, if you watch ball games, especially football games, and, and they interview the coach before the game, and they say, oh, you're, the, the interviewer say, are your team ready? And they will immediately say, we had a good week of practice. What does that have, have to do with it? They said, we had a good week of practice, so we're confident that it's going to translate into the field because what we practice, we become whatever we practice. You cannot practice failure principles and get success. Success. You cannot practice managing people and get leaders. If that's all you're practicing, that's all you're going to get. Now, follow me. Now, follow me. This is beautiful. This is going to this is going to take your leadership to a, another level. It's risky, but it's going to take it to another level. Now, watch this. Acts 17, verse 14, it says, then immediately the brethren sent Paul away to go to the sea. But Silas and Timothy remained there in Berea. Now, now you go back and you look at this text. You look at the text. I'll give you the context, but I want you to look at Acts 17, 14. Here's the context. The context is that the Apostle Paul and Silas and Timothy went into this area. They left Thessalonica, went to Berea, and the Bible says they were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They were open to the word. The Bible says they considered the things that Paul was saying, searched the scriptures to see whether or not Paul was telling the truth. And the power of God moved in Berea and a small church gathering of people, many believed, and a church was formed. I mean, believers, young baby Christians were formed in Berea. Then there were 
agitators who came from Thessalonica, came to Berea, was trying to stir up the crowd. And then the leader sent Paul away. Come on, sir, sent Paul away. They sent Paul to the sea. He's going to go over to Athens. Left this group of believers behind. But now the text says that he left Silas and Timothy there. To do what? To manage, to, to oversee, pardon me, to oversee this small group of, of new believers, to oversee. But we don't see any directions. We don't see a job description, and not against job description. We don't see anything. He left them there to do oversight. Keep that in your mind. So now in this doing side, I want to talk about your role as a leader, the front side, the interim, is just an overview, the front side, the interim, and the back side. And then we're going to talk about what the, what the follower needs from you as a leader. And remember, you're developing leadership. Now watch this. The front side of you as a leader, here's what you're supposed to bring to the table. You should establish structure and guidance. Structure and guidance. That will include several things. Number one, you have to clarify roles, responsibilities, and expectations of those that are following you. That's your job, leader, to establish, clarify their roles, the followers' roles, their responsibilities, and their your expectations. Secondly, you should establish what I call collaborative goals. I call it collaborative goals because there is what I what the there's a principle that is called the IKEA effect. I-K-E-A, the IKEA effect. The IKEA effect states simply that people tend to value more what they are a part of creating. People tend to value more what they are a part of creating. People tend to value more what they are part of creating, the IKEA effect. In other words, if you bring your followers together and they have some input on the goals, you're not just telling them what to do and they don't say anything. They have some input on the goals, their collaborative goals, because they were a part of creating the goals, the IKEA effect goes into motion because now they have some ownership to what they're trying to accomplish. We had a little, we had a little situation there, but but you're following me. Now, your followers, that's what you provide as a leader. But remember now, you're developing them to be leaders. So your followers, this is what your followers need if you're going to develop them into leaders. This is what your followers need. Number one, they need you as a leader to listen to their opinions, listen to their ideas, and they need you to act on them. They need you to respect their experience. They need you to respect their expertise. Number one, they need you to listen. Number two, your followers, if they're going to become leaders, they need from you, leader, decision-making authority, decision-making authority in their area. In other words, the privilege of choice about their work and how to do it. 
their work and how to do it. You're going to give them some authority to make decisions because research has proven that choice autonomy, the the capacity to make decisions in my arena of work, it builds what we call the big three, commitment, motivation, and productivity. If you don't give them decision-making rights, they're not going to be truly committed. They're not going to be highly promoted and they're going to be less productive. That's what research has found. So you as a leader have to give them, you have to listen, you have to give them decision-making authority. You have to give them latitude to be creative in their area. In other words, you have to give them to the right to decide how they're going to do it. You've collaborated by the goals, but don't jump in and tell them how to do it. And then you have to give them the flexibility to take the initiative in their area and exercise independent judgment without having to ask somebody for permission. This is risky. Will they make mistakes? Absolutely. But you are creating leaders. You're developing leaders. Now watch this. Finally, you have to give them the right to give meaningful input when you as a leader make decisions about their area, allow them to have meaningful input. Now here's the truth. And I may not get any further than this. Here is the truth. People, now follow me, people can't learn to think for themselves. They can't take initiative. They can't be self-directive. If leaders always tell them what to do and how to do it. Now, this, this, I'm serious. I'm, 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 I'm listen. Leader, here's the truth. You have to you have to understand this. You have to understand this. If you're going to develop leaders, you have to understand that people can't learn to think for themselves. They can't learn to take the initiative or be self-directed if you, the leader, is telling them what to do and how to do it. Come on, please listen to me. Listen to me. We're 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 developing followers now. I, I see now. I won't I won't get to the other side. We, we'll pick up here, but I gotta finish this. I gotta finish this. I gotta finish this. Have you ever gone to a store? And you you were interacting with a cashier or a clerk, or somebody, uh, you needed help. And you're standing there, and they say something like, well, I can't help you. And now they got to get on the phone, and they got to call somebody, and that somebody has to call somebody. And that somebody has to call somebody. And here they are interacting with the public, but they have no decision-making rights 
They do, they do not have the capacity to make any judgments because they have to ask somebody else and you lose time, you lose money, and in many cases you lose the customer because that person doesn't have any rights. You have to give people that's under you the right to be able to use their judgment, the right to be creative. If you're telling them not only what to do, if you're telling them how to do what they're doing in their area, then you're not creating leaders you're creating a cog in a machine. You're create, creating a follower. And so they can expand your leadership. I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere with this. You cannot practice failure principles and get success on the playing field. You can't do it. How we practice is how we're going to play. Now, now I want to conclude something here, and then we'll come back and we'll review some of this. I want to conclude this. Now, remember, we're talking about we're talking about the doing side. We're talking about what the leader should do. We're talking about what the leader needs from you if you're going to develop them into leaders. Now, if that's not your goal. If your goal is to just have people do what you tell them to do, you're never going to be able to expand your leadership. Now, I want to I want to give you a guiding principle in closing and, and, and a guiding principle in closing. Now, follow me. Follow me. The guiding principle. The leader. Is moving from being in control to giving others control. Now, I want you to listen carefully. Real leaders, watch this, watch this, watch me. They're moving from being in control to giving others control. That's how you develop leaders. You move from being in control. I'll give you an analogy and then I'll close right here. I hope you're getting some out of this. My father taught me how to drive an automobile. He taught me how to drive an automobile. Now watch this. He taught me how to drive an automobile. His goal was for me to learn to be an independent driver. His goal was for me to learn how to drive when he was not in the car. But because I was learning, he was in control. So he would drive me to this area of town where we're going to practice. He was driving me. I was sitting on the passenger side. He drive me to the area and then once he drive me to the area, he slid over. And then I got under the wheel and he was developing me to be an independent driver. Let's stop right there. His goal 
was not for him to be in that automobile the rest of my life. His goal was to help me become an independent, legal driver of an automobile. But in order to do that, and I'm going to stop right here, he had to lose control and give control over to me so that I could learn how to function independently. We're going to come back to this analogy in our next session. But that's what you're doing as the leader. You're losing control. And you're giving your control over to others. That's how you develop other people. But you they're never going to be developed if you don't listen to them, their ideas and their opinions. If you don't respect their expertise, they're never going to become a leader if you don't give them some decision-making authority in their areas. They're never going to be a leader if you don't uh, give them space and latitude to be created, do things their own way. And they're never going to be leaders if you don't give them the latitude to take the initiative, use their own judgment without asking you. That's how people learn to think. If you're thinking for them, they're never going to learn how to think. Will they make mistakes? Absolutely. But you did too. You did too. They're never going to become leaders because we're practicing failure principles. We're practicing management. We're telling people not only what to do, we're telling them how to do it, but yet we want them to be leaders. You cannot practice failure principles and have success. It's impossible. You're going to play as you practice. Listen, I got, I got some more dimes I got to drop, more wisdom I got to drop. What we covered today... We're talking about, we're talking about leadership is the ability to transform the potential followers into reality. And we looked at the development process of the selection side, the teaching side, the observation side, and the doing side. We'll come back in our next lesson and we'll review some of the things that we said, and then we'll go on through the other sides. I trust that you've been blessed. I see here that there are some questions. It says, what is your wisdom for a boss that is a micromanager? Well, you, you, you know, um, I, I, I think bosses have to learn, and hopefully, hopefully, uh, there are, that's the problem. There are bosses that are micromanagers, but that's what they are. They are managers. If you have some authority, you can talk to them. You can talk about those that are in authority. You can pray. You can always use your faith. The Bible says the heart of the king is, is in the hand of the Lord. You can always use your faith. And then you can tell them about my leadership podcast. You can get them to listen to my leadership podcast. If it, 
if a good attitude is a characteristic to look for in potential leaders, is a bad attitude and a follower than a deal broker for investment and leadership development? I think a bad attitude is a deal breaker. If people don't have the attitude of being willing to learn from you, they're not willing to improve. They are not willing to make sacrifices. For example, you know, that my team, I've asked my team to listen to these podcasts. I have a team, Mike Mo Ministry team. I've asked other pastors to listen to this podcast, and we're going to discuss some of these things. But you can't make people be willing. I mean, there's no way you can make people be willing. Now, you can, you can can continue to oversee those people, but they may never be people that expand you. They may just want to get their pay, get out of here. Those are the the people who have an attitude that I don't have time to be listening to these podcasts. Okay. That's the part. That's an attitude. It's a deal breaker. I can't develop somebody who don't want to hear. I can't develop somebody who don't want to submit to my authority, my wisdom, my knowledge. Yes, it is a, it's a deal breaker. Now you still have to oversee some of these people because that's your, these are your reports, but these are not the people that's going to be promoted for other leadership assignments because they don't have the development ingredients of attitude and the ability to submit. They don't have those. People have to have those two two things, attitude and the ability to submit. These are good questions. We're going to learn to grow together and we're going to come back here. I'm going to review some of the things that I've said today. But I'm telling you, now I want you to listen to me as I close this. God said this to Timothy. Paul said this to Timothy on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And second, Timothy 2, 7, he said, consider these things. And the Lord give you understanding. In other words, the word consider means to ponder, to meditate. If you'll go back and you'll listen to this podcast, YouTube, Mike Moore Ministries, go to Mike Moore Ministries. You can pull it back up, listen to it. The Bible says if you'll consider it, you'll meditate, you'll ponder it, then the Spirit of God will give you some understanding. I'm telling you, this is very good stuff, it's important stuff. It is will transform your life. And I believe you're being transformed. Thank you so very much for this leadership journey. Remember Thursday, I'm teaching on leading yourself. Join me at 7 Central, Facebook, YouTube, Mike Moore Ministries, and we're going to go down another leadership track. I love you, and I'll see you next time.